Welcome to the Soul Seed Podcast, where soul meets strategy. Every week, I, your host, Sabrina Greer, have activated conversations with multi-passionate, soul-led thought leaders about their journey of growth from seed to soul's purpose. Every successful book, brand, business, podcast, product, or program starts as a seed, an idea planted into the soul of its creator. Be inspired by those who've led before us, six, seven, eight-figure entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, top-rated podcasters, and multifaceted humans. Be empowered by their humble beginnings and expanded by their tenacity and spirit. Join us in the frequency of abundance as we go to the story roots of these powerhouses. Learn how to apply and leverage the Soul Seed Method in the creation of your very own legacy. Let's go. Welcome. I'm so, so excited today to welcome our guest, Lavender Morant. She is a best-selling author, which I love to say. She's also an illustrator, a keynote speaker, educator, and mom to two extra-spirited daughters. She's a motivated entrepreneur with over 16 years experience, founding multiple startup businesses, including her latest venture, Conscious Kids. She is a certified nutrition and wellness specialist who deeply desires to empower and educate children and families and teachers about the mind, body, and soul connection through her work. And I just couldn't think of a better guest to have on the show today. You are such an inspiration and a true, you know, example of somebody who has planted that soul seed and really just nurtured it and watched it grow. So I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about yourself, your mission, your vision, and, you know, why you're here. Hi, Lavender. Hi, thanks for having me. It's such an honor. I love it. I love the vision for the chats that you'll be having and I think it's super important and just magical and inspiring so it's such an honor to be here it's interesting the way that this all rolled out because conscious kids kind of was birthed after my books were being created as you know and it was just something that that had to come forward in me in my in my soul in my heart and what else do you do during a pandemic right Conscious Kids is, like you said, teaching the foundation of a mind-body-soul connection to kids. Um, I work with communities, with families, with um, within the education space, within studios, within like the wellness space as well, because I think it's very um, centered in mental health as well as, you know, leadership starts at home. And the books were just the tip of the iceberg, which was such a wild, like wild ride. I think I've learned and grown so much in the last year that I'm like a completely different human. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot with our authors and, you know, with with all leadership, really, that we evolve as people. We we are constantly evolving. So our, mes- our message evolves, our work evolves. But I think that's really, truly what a, like what the soul seed process is really all about. You plant the seeds, not all seeds will sprout. You have to nourish said seeds for them to grow. And I just think you're such a perfect example of that because you, not only did you lean into your intuition and really allow the books to sort of evolve into what they wanted to be on their own, almost like they had a personality of their own, just sort of guiding you, which was really powerful to watch. But your message stands true and it gets to come through in all of these different ways now, which I think is just so unique and so so exciting. So can you share a little bit about, I think the the real message, this like mind, body, soul connection, what that means, 
you know, how, how someone could, who's maybe just hearing about this for the first time, how someone could implement that into their daily life. So the books that I wrote were meant to be a really simple, straightforward tool to allow um, families and kids to start having that conversation because I feel like once you open the door to the conversation, you're going to find it in other places as well. And I don't think it's going to look the same for everyone, but the books were intended, like I said, to be just a simple tool. And I think the overarching conversation is around consciousness and having a conscious connection, not just as parents to kids, but so that kids can have that connection to self connection to their inner world and connection to the outer world so that as they go and move into the world as their little, the little leaders that they're going to be, they're taking over this planet. I wanted them to have a really strong foundation of self to be able to move through the world. And if you think about like the work that we've done as adults, like by let's say decade four, I wanted our kids to have a head start into that inner work and that inner world and not have to wait decades to find it because it's so powerful and it's it's so incredible to have as like the rock that you like lead with. So that was really the the whole idea behind probably behind the books, but the books came first and then the rest of it came like thundering after, which was insane to me. Like I was like, okay, I wrote books great. But in the waiting, there was more that was like wanting to come through, like you said. And so I think it was just rounding off that ability to share those tools and this work with kids and families and communities and parents, you know? Yeah, well, and I'm loving this surgence of people understanding what conscious parenting is because it is so important, right? This is the next generation. Like you said, these are the people who are taking over the world. These little people who are, we see them as children, but they're the next generation of adults. And how important is it to to start that younger? You know, I hear in our circles, call us the woke people or, you know, the people who have delved into personal development for many years. We've done the inner work, label it as you wish. But We've invested in ourselves and, you know, financially time, you know, taking courses, taking programs, being a student of the universe, being a student of the world, you know, we're, we're constantly growing and evolving and learning. And I think that's a really powerful place to be. So why not start them young? I hear so much talk about generational trauma and how we're still living what our great grandparents had to go through why would we do that to our children, right? So it starts now. It gets to start with us. We have the tools. We have technology. We have, you know, all of these tools at our fingertips that allow us to to be that for our children. And I just think that that's such a powerful tool. And I can see why it all started exploding for you after these books, because there's a demand for it. There's a need for it. And you have such a, a beautiful passion for this work in your soul that, you know, it almost be wrong <laughs> to not allow that to come through. And that really is the work I'm trying to do in this world is help thought leaders like yourself bring their message to market, you know, bring their voice in an amplified way to light. And yes, books are a vehicle, a tool to use to, to get, you know, the first step. It puts you on the map in a global position where people can find you and see you but the rest of that is sort of up to you so like I was saying before the show like you're essentially my dream client because that is the work 
and you just made it easy for me. <laughs> there was very little that I had to do in the process other than support you in bringing these books to life. But that that is true leadership. And I've always said, as leaders, something about leadership that's really important to me is that we go first. How can we ask somebody to do something if we're not willing to first do it ourselves? And that includes our children. Absolutely. If we're not willing to lead by example, if we're not willing to put ourselves out there and do it first, how can we ask someone else to do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I also feel like, you know, the the old model of leadership, like leadership 1.0 is dead and gone. And we're just seeing like kind of like the dust being swept out of the room. And leadership 2.0 is really about leading yourself first so that you can lead others, like you said, and equipping the next generation to be able to lead from a heart-centric place, heart-led leadership. It's going to be a little bit more spiritual, a lot more feminine leadership, and less of like the the boys club. No offense. And a lot of men are actually leading from the heart now too, which is great. It's not like um, a gender thing, but it is definitely a different style of leadership that's coming through. And I feel like this, the, the work that I do is is around supporting that leadership, that style of leadership and that style of growth and that style of like how you connect as humans. And it is, it all comes back to being conscious, being conscious of our trauma and our triggers and our wounds and the ancestral crap that you talked about. But it's also a calling and an opportunity, I think, to heal on so many levels as an individual, as a planet, collectively. There's so many like, delicate layers to it that I'm I'm really just figuring out now too because it's brand new this all just started a year ago so it's pretty cool the process is really amazing yeah and I love what you just said about masculine versus not about gender it's not about man versus woman male versus female it's it's the energies we all encompass and embody feminine and masculine energy And, you know, I've been doing a little bit of work in this space around like the wounded masculine and, you know, the embodied feminine and what it all means and all these like fluff words that you hear out there (laughs) for people who aren't familiar with this kind of work. But it really is about balancing these two energies. And historically, masculine energy is, you know, very outgoing and dominant and loud. And then feminine energy is considered often to be a little more gentle and passive. And so it's it's about finding the balance, I think, of both. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about just over dominating and like hustle, hustle, go, go, go. Right. And And I think you're right. It's so important as leaders and parents of the next generation of leaders, it's important to allow them to feel into this balance of, of energies. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, totally. I, I think that when you talk about the, the negative side of, let's say masculine energy, that that's the fractured masculine. There's also a fractured feminine. So it's more about, yes, we all have both masculine and feminine energy to us. It's about healing the fractured side of both those energies so that they can be in their highest vibration and serve not only us, but our message to others, our interaction with others, our connection with others. When you're coming from a fractured place, you're coming from a wound or a trigger, right? So so healing the fractured masculine. So fractured masculine looks like do as I say, not as I do. It's very controlling its unhealthy leadership, as we may have seen in recent times. 
the healthy masculine alternatively is protective. It leads. And then the feminine, the fractured feminine is unable to receive. It's that busyness. It's that hustle culture. The feminine is this. I'm going to sit back in my chair and I'm going to just allow things to come to me. Feminine is rest. Feminine is nourishment. And so when you heal both the masculine and feminine side within yourself, you're also showing those around you, your children, communities, the world, um, that reflection of what's healed, right? And so then it has a ripple effect and it allows other people to do it. And then even coming back to the generational trauma, it's us doing the work to not carry that into the next generation. I think that's so powerful. It's a, it's there's so much data and information surfacing on all of this, right? I I think as we become more conscious as a whole, as the earth becomes more conscious, as human beings become more conscious, it's it's showing all of these new modalities, all of these these new ways of leaning into leadership, leaning into conscious parenting, leaning into just like a global consciousness, essentially. We're rebelling against old ways and we're making real change. People are are standing up for the for what they believe in. And I think it's really beautiful and really powerful. Um, and I think it starts with with that, with constantly educating, being open minded you know, learning about what's available to us. You know, I, I now dabble in human design and all kinds of different modalities of just self-knowership. Like, how do you truly know yourself and how do you truly heal yourself without the tools to do it? Simply just like existing yeah. isn't isn't how we do that. <laughs> so I think it's really... Yeah beautiful the work that you do starting starting this work early with the next generation so can you talk for you know people who have never delved into any of this and everything that we're saying is basically german unless you're, <laughs> unless you're actually german um how do you how do you explain in very sort of because you work with children right how do you explain this mind body soul connection in a very sort of simple way that you know it, that sticks yeah. So, I mean, I think um, parents have a different level of understanding than a child might. Um, so very simply put, I think uh, conscious parenting and consciousness in general is a deep understanding and connection to our inner and outer worlds and where, like how we fit into that. Right. Um, and then for kids, it's, you know, connecting to your intuition, knowing yourself before someone else tells you who you are. It is being able to, um, feel your feelings, whether they're good or bad and not having to give them a label and to be being okay and comfortable sitting with that. Like we have to be taught that because society doesn't teach us that it's okay to feel those big feelings. And one of the things I say with my girls is, um, you know, all feelings are welcome, but all behaviors are not. So they learn the difference between what they're feeling and then acting from that feeling and being able to separate the two and actually have that pause, that miracle is in the pause in between even as adults when we're triggered, right? And who better to trigger us than our children? <laughs> so it's oh teaching both, both ends how to plug back into self. And like, if I'm having a reaction, where's that reaction coming from? And it just leads us, it's like a little treasure map of places that we can heal and places that we can be truer to ourselves. And so the conversation is different with a parent versus with a child, but the tools I use are the same, which is cool. Mm. Yeah, it's that's so important. And it's so true. You know, we 
there's so many layers. <laughs> there's so many yeah. layers as parents, <laughs> as people, um, the triggers that you're speaking of. It's just, it's, it's so important to understand. I think it really, what I'm hearing you say and what from the work I've done, it really just boils down to self-awareness, being aware of who you are at your core, understanding your layers, understanding your own emotions so that you can articulate feelings and emotions to children and, you know, to other people around you. I think it's just so important to open up these conversations and, and you're doing an incredible job. Thank you. And I just, I want to stress too, it's like, it's not about being a perfect parent because let's face it, we've all mm-hmm. effed that up royally at times, <laughs> myself included, but it's about being a real one so that your kids are able to be real too. Like being perfect does not serve them. You're going to mess up. It's how you, how you own those situations that will ultimately teach them how to do that too. And back to your point about all the different modalities that we've used for ourselves, right? I tap into all of those different modalities with the work that I do too. It's not one singular way. And I think as we learn as humans, then our work gets a new layer to it as well, right? Because if we're constantly learning, we're constantly bringing something new to the table as well. Absolutely. So what would you say has been your most valuable tool in your toolkit in working with families, maybe specifically children, if you want to go that route? But what what would you say? Like if, if parents were to start somewhere yeah. you know, with collecting the tools necessary, like where, where is a good place to start? I feel like, um, and this is not just, you know, shameless self-promotion, but I feel like that's exactly where the books came from. So there's three. The first is affirmations, which I think is powerful. One, because your kid, your child will identify with the places they already see in themselves, but it also gives them an opportunity to explain, explore things in themselves that they may not have recognized yet. Um, I am brave. I am courageous. I am love. I am peace. I am nature, like all these things, right? And it just gets that that connection um, kind of started in their mind. Um, And then today at the rainbow, there is an absolute connection between um, your highest self and how you fuel your body. And the sooner our kids know that, whether they stick to it 100% or not, it's a foundation for how they make choices going forward. And then um, feel better. My love is exactly what we were talking about with big feelings and little bodies and Um, being okay with not feeling their best all the time and being able to kind of sort through that. And those three books, it's just a very easy, simple conversation to start with those three things. Um, I also use a whole bunch of other tools like meditation, breath work, nature, play, imagination. I've got a whole list that I run through in my courses that I, I do now. But I think that the books are the easiest way to introduce it into the family because it's interactive. It's something fun. It can be part of your routine. And kids seem to really love them, which actually makes my heart burst. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And let's talk about the beautiful illustrations, too. Oh, that so were done by yours, too, <laughs> over here, Lavender. Um, that's a gift. Such a, such a beautiful gift you've given this planet because they, they really are. I mean, it was such a delight to work on this project as your publisher but really truly you know they're magic so i'll link them in the show notes for sure as well as um you know your website so if people want to you know join your i know you run some courses and programs and um you're a speaker you do a ton of public speaking work so i'm just 
so excited for the direction everything is going for you. So can you share with the listeners, you know, what's next? What's next for Conscious Kids? What's next for yeah. Lavender? What's next? And I know it's a loaded sure. question, but I know. I'm like, next is I'm going to take a nap because I have earned it. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, Conscious Kids is growing. Um, I really, I love having that conversation because I think that that work is so powerful. And um, I know sometimes um, people resist because it means them owning their stuff too, especially as a parent or as an educator. So I'm going to be having um, more courses and workshops. I'm going to be working closely with um, studios, schools, education platforms, and obviously with beautiful families and communities. And yeah, I'm just going to keep teaching teaching the work because I, I think that it's so powerful. And I feel like it's exactly what this next generation needs to really lean into their ability and magic and leadership. Mm. I love that. Well, thank you for your mission and your vision and for leaning into actually your edges, right? It's like, you didn't know what was going to blossom from this beautiful project. You're like, yeah, I've got some children's books I want to publish. And it's just a perfect example of really nurturing the seeds that you planted for yourself. And, and I love, you know, from the other side of things, like our, a lot of our audience are aspiring entrepreneurs or budding creatives that have a, a soul seed in them that they want to plant. And I just, I find it so encouraging to hear your story and see your, your true vision come to life. So thank you for sharing your work with the world. Uh, if people want to find you, how do they do that? Yeah. So I'm on all social platforms just under my name, Lavender Morantz. And then uh, Conscious Kids is through my website, ConsciousKids.ca. And I'm pretty easy to find. And I'll link everything in the show notes as well. Lavender, thank you so much for being here and sharing your message with us today. And I'm just so grateful for the work that you do. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to be here with you. 